Good morning, and welcome to the very first episode of Exploring Mindfulness with Lives. In this podcast, we're going to try to understand what it is to be mindful and try to let go of this desire to attain it at all costs. The mere idea of mindfulness isn't a whole lot more than just being aware of your surroundings. Mindfulness can mean breathing, including yoga into your daily life, focusing on how you eat, focusing on how you walk even. But the main goal of mindfulness is to stay off of that autopilot that drags us through our days and makes them feel so monotonous. If you are practicing mindfulness, even your daily drive to work is something you can be aware of. Our brains have this way of kind of shifting into what I had just mentioned, like an autopilot. Next thing you know, you've arrived at work or you find yourself at home again and you don't really remember, you know, the drive. But that's because you've done it so many times. It's like a muscle memory of your brain. You go through this process over and over every day. In practicing mindfulness, however, you're going to want to stop and focus. Maybe appreciate certain landmarks along the way. And as you see them, you can stop and realize, oh, I almost drifted off into that autopilot again. But look at that today. Look at the trees. Look at that bird watching someone crossing a road you've never seen before. Find something different in each day. Focus on it, let it go, and move forward. With each new morning, we create our atmosphere for that day. Whether we wake up at night for a night shift or early in the morning to start our regular work day, we create the atmosphere. One might swing their legs out of bed and step down on something that wasn't supposed to be there. As a parent, I certainly can think of a Lego first and foremost. That tiny moment at the start of your day has so much significance. Do we choose to curse and yell right from the get-go? Do we choose to notice just the pain and we feel frustration and aggravation? Probably. But this is the golden opportunity, right here and right there. Take a moment. Breathe. Be aware of your feelings. Accept those feelings. Maybe ask someone to pick it up if they left it there, or just pick it up yourself. And reset your day. That moment can easily spiral you into having a full day of frustration. You might then make your, your way down to the kitchen and you spill some coffee. Now you're thinking, oh, what a horrible day. Why me? We have now created this chain of events because our thinking has gone into the negative. Be mindful. Reset. Move forward. This chain of events is totally in control of how your day plays out. There are so many things we do not have control over. For example, a spill of coffee. That might not have been you. It could have been a glass broke at that moment. But we do have the ability to decide if it's going to be 
a heavy factor in the rest of your day. Oftentimes, when things start out like this, the next thing you know, this chain of events merges into being late, noticing there's traffic, feeling frustrated that a zipper won't go up on a coat. It all compounds into what people will still say, it's just a bad day. But stop, take a moment, reset. Use the power of mindfulness to find the peace for that day. In yoga, often thoughts are called vrittis. The word vrittis technically means waves or ripples, but this plays out in terms of our thoughts. One thought can have a ripple effect, not only on our following thoughts, but on how we carry ourselves and how we react to these thoughts and emotions. The vrittis in our mind compound, they build, and they change what will happen next. They change how we perceive our reality, and they change how we react to others around us. Our thoughts are more like a six-lane highway. Our minds are constantly racing. Some thoughts are moving very fast. We place more importance on some thoughts. Others are at a crawl. We aren't quite there with them yet. But the vrittis are very much a big part of human nature. Bringing mindfulness into this means we observe them. We observe these cars speeding down this six-lane highway. We take note of them and how they make us feel. We breathe through these thoughts. And then we either take some kind of action or we let them go. There's no need to dismiss the thoughts. There's no need to force them away. Observe them. We accept them. And then we take them or leave them. Often we are told to let go of that which does not serve us. So of all these thoughts racing down this super highway in our mind, some of them, they will serve us. Some of them, they will not. And we have to let them pass by. Mindfulness gives us the ability to do that. We pass no judgment on all of our thoughts. We accept they're part of us and we move forward. There are far too many people who do not fully understand what meditation can do for the body and the mind. Meditation is capable of creating change in so many aspects of one's life. It can curb anxiety, it can empower a person, and it can make them feel as if they are a brand new soul. Not everyone fully understands that meditation does not mean sitting around chanting OM with incense burning all around you, eyes closed, sitting crisscross with a gong going off. Although all of those things are quite lovely and create a wonderful atmosphere. A person can meditate absolutely anywhere. You could be in your office and you just take a moment kind of just tap in, tap into oneself, tap into the thoughts and the feelings. It does not require years and years of practice, although you do get better over time. It does not mean you have to be in a sanctuary surrounded by monks who've done this their entire life. Meditation is something that is completely attainable. All it takes 
is understanding how to do it. I wanted to talk a little bit about this anxiety I'd previously mentioned. I think that so many people discussed anxiety openly today, and it's it's come so far. It used to be that any mental illness was brushed immediately under the rug. No one spoke of it, let alone claimed it. And so many people can now openly talk about their anxieties. But here's the kicker. I think that the majority of people who had anxiety found themselves surrounded by a society full of anxiety once this pandemic hit and touched our lives last year. So can mindfulness cut through the level of fear and stress and anger and anxiety that we as a world hit last year together. It definitely would be a helpful tool, although I don't think anything could completely eliminate what we all felt. As a children's mindfulness teacher, I found myself really challenged last year. Not only could I not find the right words all the time in order to relay to children what we were all going through, but as a teacher, I no longer got to see them in person. So all of my teachings were coming through YouTube, and I couldn't see their faces. I couldn't see their reactions or, or understand their fears if I was even helping. It was incredibly frustrating, as so many of us all know. Mindfulness helps in so many ways. And even when you find yourself still in fear and still in stressing moments, and you still feel that, that waving anxiety just jolting through you, that doesn't mean that the mindfulness practices haven't helped. I found myself at a loss last year. All the yoga and breathing in the world felt it could not help. But as I reflect further, as my Facebook memories pop up and I see what I was doing around this time a year ago when, when we were all trying to adapt to this new world, I realized that my mindfulness practices did help. There were times it meant just sitting in a hammock and listening to the birds because they were unwavering. They sounded the same before a pandemic, and they sounded the same during a pandemic. I sat, I swung, I listened to the creak of the rope against the wood to which my hammock was hanging. I observed the birds. I recall envying the birds. They didn't know what we were going through. They were blissfully unaware. My mindfulness allowed me to accept my feelings to understand that they were okay, and to realize that I had no control over the situation, so all I could do was control my reactions to it. Mindfulness can really help tackle some very big problems that we face. So now I've discussed just how beneficial mindfulness can be, but I haven't really touched topic too heavily on where to incorporate mindfulness and how to do that. Mindfulness can be anywhere, and I mean anywhere. Be mindful of your posture. Be mindful of what you're eating. I know for me, 
being mindful of when to stop eating is one of my biggest challenges. I love food. We cook all day here, and we're always enjoying meals together as a family. If it were up to me, I'd have seconds and thirds at every meal. But I am aware of how I feel afterwards. So a big practice for my mindfulness is looking at my plate when I'm done my first helping and observing how I feel. Mindfulness can be anywhere in the kitchen, not just portion control. It can also be how you chew, how quickly you eat, and of course, what you put into your body. Mindfulness can be how you brush your teeth. It can be about how you tie your shoes, being aware of each little loop and pull. Mindfulness can be how you listen to others, and it can certainly be how you respond. Mindfulness can be not responding as well. Mindfulness can very much be throughout every moment of your day, from when you wake up to when you go to bed. It can be from brushing hair, driving a car, or just sitting and being with family, or sitting and being alone. Taking time to observe where you are, how you feel, what you like, what you dislike, and enjoying the fact that all of it is happening. This is mindfulness. And slowly but surely, it brings joy into your life.